1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Win, lose or draw, McDelivery will always help bring home the free points. And speaking of points, order now on the McDonald's app and you'll earn reward points through every delivery. Order today, rewards tomorrow. You in? Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus Podcast. Keep right on.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, Tommy Galsall. Uh This week I'm joined by Rich. How are you, mate?
0: I'm not bad, mate. Yourself?
1: Well, I've had better days. To be honest, let's be honest. <laughs> um, if you've been living under a rock these past few days, then well, today and yesterday, uh, you would have forgotten that. Obviously, the Blues had that terrible game against Rotherham yesterday. Uh, of course, we were there, me, Dad and Jack, um, recording this and um, documenting what a terrible day and what a terrible game it was, um, which is immediately what we should talk about, Rich. What was going on yesterday? Like, Can you even summarise
0: what happened? I mean, where do you start? You get to the first half against the side like You don't have a single shot, let alone one on target. The second half again, we started to build a little momentum, but we still didn't look like we could lay a glove on them. Um, It was just all around absolutely terrible. And quite honestly, we were very lucky to come out of there with only a 2-0 scoreline because it was that bad. We were absolutely terrible. In every, in every area. Mm. There was nothing creative. There was nothing battling from the forwards to try and close down defenders. Defence was all over the place. We were just absolutely shambolic.
1: Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. The um, forwards are really what seems to be sort of the problem at the moment because um. admittedly, Mark Roberts and everybody at the back had a shambles yesterday and the marking for the goals are absolutely atrocious. I mean, how do you even begin to describe what was going on at the back there? But like when it comes to Deeney and Hogan, there isn't so much attacking threat going on there. I mean, like uh, how would you sort of put that right? How would you try and get the best out of those two?
0: I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because ultimately, yes, strikers are on service, but at the same time, you kind of you're looking for your strikers to join in with play and they just don't seem to do it. Mm. Uh, I seem to remember what, one specific part in um in the second half, and we're under pressure, and Bakuna tries to clear it away. Hogan's 20 yards into Rotherham half, mm. with absolutely no chance of picking up the ball, and you just, like, you have to have some kind of connection with your strikers and the rest of your team, but at the moment, it just feels like they're a complete separate entity, and... I just can't really understand it myself. Hmm.
1: I mean, with the absence of Djokovic, obviously being from that red card, it, it does look like Deeney and Hogan. But I mean, like, are you upset or disappointed with Deeney and the way he's come to the club and it's not really set the light, set the league of lights that way?
0: I mean, I I had a conversation with one of my friends when I found out that he was potentially coming. And I said to him, I don't want him here. And it's not anything personal against him, but it was always going to be that case. Oh, he's a Blues fan. Oh, he wants the best for the club and everything else. So the pressure was always going to be there for him to perform. Uh, He's, what, 34 now in that region? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, his best days were were gone. And that's why Watford got rid of him. You Hmm. don't get a player that's under contract for three if they're any good still, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, he he may well be a, a good leader and a, a good person to have around the place. But unfortunately, in terms of being a footballer now, Troy Deeney's days are well behind it. And, you know, unfortunately, we have a forward line that is ageing rapidly. And, you know, it, the pace of the championship just doesn't allow that.
1: yeah absolutely. I mean with with the pace of the championship as well like some of the younger players who obviously haven't had time to completely mold within the championship just yet. Uh, we've had a couple like Jordan James of course who is starting to become a bit more seasoned but I mean like with the youngsters yesterday were you impressed with them?
0: Um yeah, I mean obviously Josh Williams showed himself to be alright again. Um no. Wasn't necessarily a fan of them shoving him out on the left-hand side considering Mm. how well he did on the right. Um, However, you know, needs must. Um, You know, George Hall again was probably the only person for me showing that he had the appetite to go and close down, go and put pressure on Rotherham. Um, Jordan James again, you know, getting involved, getting stuck in. The young lads... Of essentially running the team at the moment and as great as it is to see the lads coming through and doing well to the best of their ability it shouldn't be like that yeah you shouldn't have lads 10 years younger than these pros showing them how it should be done absolutely yeah I mean it's
1: crazy when you really think of this like it's like a I don't know it's something that maybe non-league teams would do, maybe play all their youngsters to try and get them some games and whatever. Or, or something at the end of the season you do, you know, you throw all your youngsters out, try and get them a bit, give them some experience. But towards the start of the season where we've had, I mean, how many young players did play yesterday? There was Williams, there was Hall, there was James. Who else played
0: yesterday? There was Job as well. Coming he came after on, dance. yeah. Mm.
1: There um, was Sturk.
0: Sturk came on. Yeah, in. Brian Sturk as well. That's fine. So, that's half a squad already. I know, yeah. That's and insane. You know, none of these lads have played in the championship before last mm. season. None of them. And, you know, as much as, yeah, they might end up having the ability to play at this level, the club's going to ruin them with the yeah. way we're going at the moment because you look at it and say to yourself, who have they got to look up to in the squad at the moment? Oh uh, yes, Deany might be able to lay some experience on him and whatever because of the level he's played at. But you look through the squad and you say, Who's the top professional that they can really look up to?
1: Mm. Yeah, I suppose it is just Deeney, isn't it? Or maybe Gardner or maybe Stretch. George Friend. Maybe, maybe Friend, George yeah. Friend. Mm, I think I maybe
0: that. John Ruddy.
1: Yeah, I think Ruddy'd uh, be good actually. But again he's a goalkeeper, so it's hard to yeah. really pin that in. So it's like there's like exactly, a exactly so. Is, yeah. It's
0: very difficult.
1: I don't know where we can... Because Obviously, we've got Norwich next game now. So, with that performance against Rotherham, I mean, that doesn't fill you with confidence, does it?
0: Of course not. But then, it, it, it'd it be so typical of us to have that performance against Rotherham and then go and beat Norwich 1-0. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be so typical.
1: Or at least and, put up know, a fight.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know... <laughs> Said said it to one of my friends when we went into the Wigan game. As soon as that red card came, after 10 minutes, it's like, typical Blues, we're going to lose this one now. Yeah, yeah. We go and play Bravham again, a side that we usually just run over every single season. This season, again, it's just the performance level was never there. You know, we never got started. So it, it's unacceptable. But then we'll go and play a side like Norwich, and they'll all be up for it. Mm. Because they know when they're playing against a solo at like Norwich, they're in the shop window and people will be looking at it. Yeah. But when they're playing at Rotherham, it's like, oh well, no one's got eyes on this, so let's not bother.
1: Yeah. Is it is it on the tele, the game, Rother uh, the Norwich game?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I mean if it is it midweek or Yeah, it's Tuesday nights now, yeah. Yeah, so it will be available to watch. Mm. So um Again, another one of those situations where I oh, was on it.
1: Yeah, there, there does feel like that, doesn't there? It does feel like a, uh, um, I don't know, because the Watford game was that on telly, or well, I think the Huddersfield one was definitely on telly. Um, but I, obviously, I don't know because I I go to the game, so I never have the, um, I never worry yeah, about so, the that.
0: Again, obviously, any game that's not a Saturday three pm is available to watch. Yeah, yeah. So um, it makes it a lot easier for anyone that's looking at anyone who plays for us to obviously have a look in at players that are mm. playing. I mean, um, yeah, no, on, Yeah, um, I, I was kind of at the end of my point there, to be honest. I think
1: um, with Norwich, obviously, we've played them in the cup and we played all right. But there again, it wasn't the Cup and it wasn't a completely strong Norwich side. And I don't know, this. it feels like a long time ago, that Watford game where we were putting in strong challenges, keeping up a high tempo. Like As soon as that Wigan game was played, it looks like back to Blues now, like back to the same old Blues. I mean, where does that come from? How do we get that back? Because we're going to have to need that in order to you know, win games and stay up this season because although we've had a decent start or what it feels like a decent start, we've only won one game in the, what, mm-hmm. five or six games we've played. So, you know, that's not good return, really.
0: No, not at all. Um, you know, what, what do you do about it? Because the thing is, it's the same every season. And we, we say, like, oh, well, maybe this player was the problem, maybe this player was the problem. But every time those players are moved on, the problem still seems to persist. I don't know whether it's something from within the camp to have a problem against the owners themselves or whatever else, or just maybe the fact of because of how, how poor the squad depth is, maybe they're all too comfortable. Because Basically. they know no matter what, they can't be moved on or you know they're going to play regardless.
1: Yeah. It feels like one extreme or the other, you know, it does, if they could be either too comfortable or overworked, you know what I mean? It's like with the squad depth, it's like, yes, they've got a position every week, but some weeks mm-hmm. where they're not 100% fit, they're being forced to play and then they get frustrated and then they can't perform up to the levels that we need in order to stay into the division. And obviously we have over the last few years but mm-hmm. it feels like it's about to run out now and with the money drained from the whole entire club and the players just disappearing and the players that we still do have are still not underperforming so it is worrying isn't it it's there's no there doesn't seem to be any hope this season like with other seasons under gary monk it was of the season it looked like we we're rebuilding for the next season we've read now yeah. it looked like we just survived on the last day and it looked like we might slowly rebuild over time but again, it's all the domino effect from sacking Gary Rowett and then sacking Gary Monk, of course. But um, yeah, with the transfer window coming up, I mean, the first question is, do you expect to sign anybody?
0: I mean, there's just there's no there's no kind of basis for anyone coming in at the moment. Is that um, you know. All the talk that was about with multiple players mentioned over the past month has just completely went quiet mm. um, you know obviously we're hearing that potentially Mejbury or what, however you say his name mm. um, it, it allegedly chose to come to us and stay in England rather than move abroad, but somehow I, I still can't see it um, you know, it's, it it's very worrying. Because at the end of the day, if we have to go with what we've got until January, I think we're going to be several points adrift and facing a long old battle at the second half of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure about Hannibal, or whatever his last name is. I don't think that he's quite up to the scratch that I've seen him at yet. But could be wrong, but... I think if he does come into the team, then it's just gonna be another Chong really. He'll be doing all the work and mm-hmm. everyone else will be kicking back. But when I when I say as well, when I say that he's not quite up to championship standards, I mean that he's not up to the standards that we need him to be really. That's what kinda of what I'm trying to say there is because he will be a good player for us, I've got no doubts about that. I'm sure I'll put in a shift. But it comes to when he's not on there hundred percent all the time. So like with Chong last season, I don't know if you remember this Rich, but like he was pulling the whole entire team along, trying to get us winning games. But then obviously, yeah. he's only he's only human, so he's tr- he's trying his best, but when it comes to his limits, he's he's going to get tired, and with him being a young kid as well. And so mm-hmm. it needs to be the whole team effort, and there's just not enough of that at the moment, And it's, you've touched on that a little bit as well, with some of the players sort of being too comfortable and whatever. But obviously, we need a left-back, don't we? I, um, oh, I saw yeah. On, I saw on... Twitter earlier um, saying that we we knew we were getting rid of Pedersen so why didn't we look to bring in a replacement so I I don't know do you know anybody that springs to mind who might be a decent signing for us at that
0: position or is it just blank (laughs) I mean the thing is when it comes to left backs because they are so rare everyone's already got theirs and they're not really looking to move them on if they're any good Um, I really do think we missed the trick um when we were linked with Bidwell in January. Um, you know, losing out to Coventry. No disrespect to Coventry, but I feel like we may have had more money available to get him in, and we just <laughs> seemed to not bother. And, you know, with with the fact that we knew Christian was going within six months, that made absolutely no sense. Mm. You know, the left back's been a problem for the last I want to say several years, because even Jonathan Grounds, when we brought him in, he wasn't a left-back. No. He was a centre-back being asked to play there because he had a left foot. Mm. And, you know, it's just... it It's it's not good enough. Because at the end of the day, you know, growing up, we always had a half-decent left-back. Maybe not the best, best around, but we always had a decent one. You know, uh, obviously, last couple of years before... The whole Carson Young thing happened. Yeah, it was Ridgewell. But David Murphy, even after we got relegated, brilliant left back. And it just seems as if ever since we we lost Lee Clark, we haven't had a decent left back. I can't remember having one. Because obviously yeah. Shane Ferguson played there back then. Yeah. He had a brilliant left foot and he's doing brilliant for Rotherham at the moment.
1: Course, yeah, he came on yesterday actually. It was surprising. Mm-hmm. They've got a few of our old players now. They've had Wes Hardin, they've got Cohen Bramwell. Uh, who else have they got? They've got Grant Hall, who was a, a brief, I for, for a bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shane Ferguson, who obviously was a decent player for us under League Clark Times and scored a wonder of mm-hmm. a free kick against Palace. I remember that. It just seems like. I can't really put anything into words at the moment with the Blues because obviously I feel like I've said it about a million times now but it it just feels like there should be something being done more obviously like the team should be playing better we're not that bad surely like we're not bad that teams from League One can come up and start beating us every week it feels like we've got to at least put up a you know put up an effort so whenever we play these better teams we seem to play better It's it's I don't really understand that we sort of stoop to the level that which team we're playing at, which yeah. No disrespect to Wigan or what uh Wigan or Rotherham or anything, but obviously when you're playing Watford the standards much more different you know you got more fast speed and everything. Um yeah. but I, I honestly expected going into that Rotherham game that we'd bounce back from the Wigan game because it would be a bit of a fluke. I thought it was a bit mm-hmm. of a fluke Wigan game. But it just sort of painted on the wall, ah, oh, no, this is not quite this, is it? It's going to be... The 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 uh, early season bounce is gone now, so we're going to have to really struggle out for just a point or whatever. So that's going to be the difficult one. Um, With certain players and certain managers, I suppose, uh, do you see Eustis lasting? I know it's a bit of a long question, that one, it's uh, down the line, but with his record at the moment. Do you see him lasting until well how long? How long would you say
0: that he could last for? Um I I mean it, it's it's a very difficult question because he's only just came in. Mm. Um you know <laughs> I've always been one of them I hate three, five at the back. Um I'll never be a fan of it. Um it I don't want to sound like the the face but dad's but it's not blues and you know we've never really had proper attacking fallbacks to make it work anyway. So the whole, oh, well, we want to play this way. What's the point if you don't have the players in the first place? Yeah. Um. You know, one of the biggest things that Rowett had going for him when he was with us was the fact that he played to our strengths. Oh, absolutely. He didn't try and yeah. make us look like we were any exceptional side, you know, nine times out of ten, we come out of games and we barely have 40% possession. Mm. But we win games. Yeah. Because he knew the side that he had would not control the game. He knew that the side he had would create chances from playing it down the channels, getting the wingers high and having a solid base with your, you know, your back four and then your two holding midfielders. Mm. So, you know, I think when you don't have the money to spend, you have to be looking at your side and saying, okay, this is what we can do, this is what we can't do. And it just it feels like over the last couple of years the managers just have been looking at and saying, Oh, well, this is the way I play rather than the way this is way this is the way you can play. Um and I don't I don't really want to give the players an excuse for their performances because at the end of the day they've not been good enough but I think it's it's kind of one of them I think they're in the background kind of saying oh well we we can't do that and I think that's why it keeps not working out for these managers mm. um for Eustace I I wouldn't want to get rid of him because the thing is you know, when we got rid of Boya, it was, oh, who's going to come in now? Yeah. We are yeah. worried about that. Yeah. And then, Eustace goes, then, you know, you're scraping the barrel yeah. even further, really. Yeah. God,
1: who do we get if Eustace does go? It's only just crept into my mind, because, oh, God. <laughs> when Karanka went, I was a bit in that situation as well, because we managed to pick Boya, but obviously Boya was a, a Charleston at the time. There's nobody free at the moment who we could potentially attract. And even in somebody with a job, nobody, I don't think anybody would touch us at the moment with the actual state that we're in. Yeah. I mean, you make some great points with uh, Rowick playing to his strengths because I looked at the team yesterday and I think, well, Mark Roberts is clearly not the best passer of the ball, let's be honest. And he's Mm -hmm. been put in a five at the back, three or five at the back where he's been asked to play that role. And it's like, fair enough, but he can't play that role. He's not got the ability to do it. Austin trusted, perhaps. Yes, Sanderson, yes. But Mark Roberts, no. if you're going to play that formation or play that system, then you're probably going to have to ruffle a few feathers and probably leave him at the team because unless we are going to play, I don't know, a bit more British-style football, then... We aren't going to have Mark Roberts in the team. If we're going to try and play better passing football, then we're going to have to leave him at the team. So Mm -hmm. that's the kind of things there. But I I suppose we use Bakuna and James well, but I don't know if we use our strikers to our complete advantage, even though that they are poor. I'm not denying that. I still think that we need uh, to use them better because every goal that Dini has scored for us so far has been a one-on-one situation. His goal against mm-hmm. Swansea at home last season was one-on-one right in front of the keeper. Uh, he did some good work at the build-up for the Millwall goal, but he still was not yeah. one-on-one situation. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a header or anything, or like a penalty. Although his penalty was against Fulham, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dust over that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and obviously that Cardiff goal that he scored, which Mattias Sarkic was almost the assist for, you know, those yeah. chances that he does get is in front of goal. And although that he is obviously showing his age and, you know, not pulling his weight quite as much as it, uh, some of the other players. I do think, though, if he would stay on the shoulder of the defender, I've put this in a few articles. So if you've read them, then you would have heard this before. But mm-hmm. with him playing on the shoulder, he's he has got strength. And if he does mm-hmm. push him about a bit, he can start to get some order in for himself and try and move a couple of players out the way. Grab hold of that ball and try and get a shot on target. Because did he even have a shot on target yesterday? I don't think he did.
0: No, no. It was a, it I was mean, a it, from Hogan. yeah. I mean, you know, you look, you look back at it and you say, "It says how, When Hogan broke into the box and Danny's six yards out in the center of the box, mm. just pass it. I know. Just pass it from the angle and, where you know, we. Were. It would have been one-one then. Um, yeah, maybe it's a different game. But as soon as he he did. elects to go at the near post where the keepers covered it already anyway. I think that just sucked the life out of him again Mm. because, you know, we were starting to build into the game at that point and you you could see between the two of them, they were like, what the hell was that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But it's just, it's very frustrating because I think for both of them, they're very much strikers that need to be fed and Unfortunately, that's not the that's not the team that we have. Um, you know, I think I said it in in the podcast that we did a few weeks back. To make to make things work with the current side we have, we need pacey, athletic strikers. Um, so, you know, well, why why people are again talking about potentially bringing in Lyle Taylor? Mm. I don't get it because he's yeah. very much in the same ilk as the strikers we've already got. Mm. Um, yes, and maybe he can create a chance for himself a bit better than the yeah. others at the moment, but he's not head and shoulders above. So to, to then want to bring in another over 30 striker makes absolutely no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. There's also, I was watching a couple of highlights back from last season before I came on, just to sort of get some ideas as to what how bad it's got, basically. But you look at some of the players that we had last season, and I'm looking at here, I'm seeing that we've got uh, Tahir Chong, obviously from mm-hmm. Manchester United. Riley McGree, who's now at Borough now, who went for mm-hmm. £5 million. I mean, like what a signing he was. I mean, he wasn't technically... He wasn't a signing, of course, because he was a loan player and he'd been loaned out by Karanka before, but we did decide to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthias Sarkic, obviously. Uh, Dion Sanderson, who we have brought back, uh, mm-hmm. and then some towards the end of the season. Signers, so we obviously have Lyle Taylor, uh, we have Janino Bacuna Bakuna, who's still in the team, and we've uh, and of course Honor uh, Hernandez as well. And although those weren't playing in the same teams, the impact that all those players had was enormous. Oh, and Ted and Mengi as well. Uh, the, those players that we had last season, they were impact players. I'm looking at Bakuna now, and I'm thinking he's a good impact player. But we need more. We need more of those players because you can't rely on players like Jordan James, who is, what, 17, 18 years of age? How old, is he... Is he I, can't, I can't remember how old he is now. I think he's 18 now. But,
0: I felt like he might be 19 now, but mm, yeah.
1: He's around that age. He's he's still a teenager. But it's like... Obviously, with the three that we had in Taylor and Hernandez and obviously Bakuna as well, I think mm-hmm. that that was like a good... Small period because we were starting to play some football that was catered towards those players, and obviously yeah. now that the players that we're bringing in are Pluchetta, uh Austin Trustee, John Ruddy, they all seem quite defensive. Even though placetta is technically a winger, um, we are using him in a wide, uh, a wing back position. I mm. mean, the the signings that we are now making, they 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 don't relate to the team, do they? No,
0: no. I mean. It- Yes, we needed a couple of centre backs, uh-huh. um, but realistically, you needed to make them um, long term projects rather than bringing in the loan for a season. Mm. The fact that two of our three starting centre backs are loan deals is quite frankly atrocious um, because you know there's going to be no continuity after this season. Um, there is zero possibility that we sign either of them after this loan deal so you ask yourself what what really was the point mm. because the thing is there were players available on free transfers in the summer that we definitely should have been looking at mm. um and you know christie that was in a, in training or whatever could have had a look at him for depth then he could have played that right center back role as colin did against watford you know, there's there's been a lot of opportunities to have a look at people that will stay with us long term over loans, and it just hasn't been done. Yeah. You know, John Ruddy coming in. Okay, I get it. Neil Everidge wasn't good enough last season, and to be honest, he hasn't been good enough since he's arrived. Um, but you know, again, John Ruddy's going to be gone within a year or two, mm. unfortunately. Um, so. You, you kind of look at the team and who do you build it around? Because the young lads, the young lads show themselves. They'll be gone within a year or two. Yeah. Bakuna, again, you know, if if he had any type of consistency about him, he wouldn't be playing for Blues, unfortunately. Mm. You know, one game is, is an absolute world beat. and The following game is barely recognisable. So yeah. it's just... You know, you look around the teams in the championship that do well and they've got someone to build around. We don't have that,
1: yeah. No, I completely agree with a lot of what you say there because it's like it's like you say that a lot of the players that we do have, yeah, we may be good signings at the moment, but they're not going to be our players within a couple of years. It's like you say, with John Ruddy being uh, what is he? I can't remember how old he
0: is now. John Ruddy, he's like about 35 isn't
1: Five, he? yeah. Same with Deeney, same with we're getting close to Hogan now. He's in his 30s now. Looking at Duke Duke as well. Duke could be gone within a year or two. Roberts is getting on as well a bit, even though
0: all these players could be playing better. I I couldn't understand the logic behind giving Roberts a new contract. Mm. Uh, I know, obviously, they've got him on a reduced wage now and that might help out financially. But to add years onto his contract was absolutely baffling to me. Mm.
1: Yeah, and we wouldn't offer more for Michael Morrison when it was his time to, when his contract was up. Like that yeah. was, that's even more baffling because obviously he was playing good for us at the time under Monk. And yes, yeah. I can't remember the exact negotiations he wanted. I think he wanted two years rather than one year. I might be wrong on that. Someone might be able to correct me. I think it
0: then. was three three years that I was told that he wanted, mm. which, um, I was I was very much in the camp of, okay, you know, if that's what you want, sign a deal where it's a case of, you played this long, you get the extra years kind of thing because that's what right, yeah. Um And, you know, it was basically like, oh, well, I think I'm good enough to play for that long. Well, look, prove it because I know you can say, oh, yeah, well, you should show some loyalty to players because they've been there and they've helped you out and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it is a business. Yeah. So if we were to hand a thirty-one-year-old a three-year contract, and then after the first year, his knee blows out and he's finished, what do you yeah. do then? No, it's very true. So yeah. You have you have to protect yourselves in that situation, and you know, Morrison for me, um, I I don't think I can ever forgive him for the way. He gave up on us under Zola and I understand that, you know, the way we were playing at the time wasn't suited to him and it was, it was difficult for the players and whatever else. But as a club captain, you cannot be giving up on your side because it, there, was, there was no coincidence for me that within a week of Zola being sacked, he was all of a sudden available again. Mm. there's there's no coincidence for me because it, yeah. even the week before they were saying oh well he's a couple of weeks away then all of a sudden out of nowhere you're available for the very next game because that manager's gone it's mm. it's unacceptable to me Do you think that Deeney sort of in that sort of
1: mode at the moment or or he definitely felt like he was because under Boyer he was always injured or coming back from injury and not playing and as soon as he went he was straight back in the team
0: yeah Dini is a complicated character really you know um, even when he's fit he doesn't seem like he's fit Um, the only time that he looked like he had any kind of spring in his step was when he first arrived Um, and I think that was the euphoria of getting getting to be able to play for his home side and obviously the fans being fully behind him at the time but that wears off and unfortunately you know Deany said in years gone by that he he didn't want to play for blues because of the pressure and the fans had got on his back because of the fact that he is blues and our fans have went and proved him right yeah
1: no you spot on there. yeah well uh, we're coming to the end of this recording uh i think that was this was a pretty decent chat actually for a Quite a turbulent time here in the the Blues. I think um, I think we covered quite a lot in that short time that we had there. Um, mm. But I'll give you one last question uh, just before we go: uh, the predictions for Norwich game. Uh, what do you think it's going to be? <sighs> it's a tough one. I mean,
0: like I said earlier, it'd be typical Blues to go and win one nil. So I'm going to give us a one 0 win. <laughs> In fact, no, no. I'm not going to go for a 1-0 win. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Okay. And Bellingham's going to get his first goal. Okay. (laughs) That's a little bit of hope, that is. that is. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: (laughs) I was thinking something along the lines of that because I think that we could have a bit of a bounce back. I don't think we will win. I think we might get a draw. I agree with that. I think we'll play better. Um, But then again, why does it take playing a better team in order to get that reaction? So... It will be frustrating because in a weird sense, it's kind of like you expect them to do badly. And then when they do well, it's kind of frustrating because it's like, well, where was this? Where was this? Where was this against Robin? Where was this against Wigan? Exactly. Those were big must-win games and we didn't win them. And yet we get a point against Norwich. We could have seven points rather than one. You know, those are the... and And those seven points could be so crucial come to the end of the season.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, it's never a dull moment sporting Birmingham City Football Club. As, uh, as this podcast probably highlights, we've talked about Gary Monk and Rowit and Zola and Redknapp. It's like, that's just within the last few years, you know what I mean? So, like, it's been a, a rollercoaster of a ride and it forever will be, supporting the Blues. But we'll always be there. We'll always be supporting the team. We'll always be clapping them out. We'll always be travelling in the hundreds of miles to get there. We'll always be watching them on the telly and everything. And we'll always be talking about them, you know. Blues are always everything. Um, be sure to get your thoughts in the comments down below and uh, tweet us on Twitter. Uh, if you've agreed, if you disagree with what we say, let us know. We'll have a chat about it. We'll have a civilized chat about it, you know, not like at the football <laughs> where we just scream and shout at everything. Uh, we we'll say that <laughs> for the football, definitely. Uh, but Rich, it's been great having you on again. Thank you very much for coming on, mate. And, Cheers, mate. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we'll uh, see you very soon. Keep right on. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute, all your mates are around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18+, Seven times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.